Welcome, Traveler. You have entered the realm of adventure. Prepare yourself for tales from beyond the dice. I am your Dungeon Master Luke. Your players are Ben, Jeff, Peter, and Travis. This episode of Beyond the Dice is not a regular episode. Think of it as an introduction to the characters. We are going to run through some improvised scenes and roleplay how some of those characters first met. Recording this episode was a lot of fun. Just a bunch of mates acting as characters preparing for our Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Please excuse any of the weird shit we might have said, as everything was improv and nothing was re-recorded. We are now going to start with simple character introductions, and then we will move into scenes where our players will bring their characters to life. First, we've got Jeff. My name's Jeff, and my character's name is Malcolm Gage. Um, He's new to the city and um, he is a human um, with a really keen sense of being able to to, um, to tell, to see what's around him. Um, he has, he's a human from all appearances, um, generally wears like a, or he wears like dirty white shirt and brown coat and jeans. Um, but he has, if people that see him quickly notice that he's got like a metal arm so his his uh, left arm is completely metal, and um, nice. Yeah, he's he's new he's new to town. He has a bit of a he's a bit cold and a bit calculating. Um, he was a detective, and now he's he's come to this town for a little bit of revenge. Cool. Uh, so currently he's working as a mercenary um, to. Uh, what gather information to get some funds and is that about it or was is there another reason that he might share with people why he's a mercenary well basically to get as much like things like like increasing magical ability and things like that um getting the hardware costs a lot of money um a lot of like a lot of currency just just to get up there in in that sort of stuff so he's trying and being a mercenary is a really good way to find out the underbelly of just the environment and kind of what connections different companies have and just increase funds as quickly as possible. Um, now him being a detective, is that, um, general knowledge or does he not tell people that? Is that something that the characters should know or, um, is it something that if they do know, it will come up in the scene between Gage and a character that he meets or he knows? I think I think he's more likely to like probably not know that he was an actual detective. Okay. Um, it's more likely that like he might say that he was a private investigator. Cool. But but making but making but being a merc or being a merc I was gonna say mercenary but being a, being a merc is more reliable income than a private investigator in a town that you don't yeah, know. Definitely. Cool. Yep. All right. Next off, we will have uh, we're gonna have Peter. All right. Hey everybody. My name's Peter. I'll be playing Spigston Denser. Uh, he's a dwarf. Uh, he's 45 years old. Uh, pretty sort of middle, bit younger than middle aged for a dwarf. He has uh, white hair, a thick beard that juts out from his uh, chin, a very thick mustache that's slightly curled on the ends. Uh, his hair also stands out 
oh, sorry, starts off at a low fade around the scalp to a wild bloom of white sticking out on all ends due to static. Uh, one of the key features of Spigs or Spigston is he's actually missing both legs. Uh, they're replaced with uh, makeshift servo skeletal mechanics, more like uh, basically mech legs, sort of like a chicken walker. Uh, and he's suited up like well, like a worker drone, basically. Uh, short, duty, and robust. Several exhausts sticking out of the back for venting of the pistons. Uh, he wears black goggles, heavy ballistic vest, black gloves with the fingertips cut out, and on his neck, under his left cheekbone, is a tattoo of a hammer and a fist, the symbol of the clan Forgefather. He works, um, he's got a family store, uh, his wife and two children work at, which is the uh, Dense Gadget Store, which is in uh, Dark Haven, one of the suburbs or city limits of New Attica. And basically he's a mercenary at the moment um, is to support his family. All right, perfect. Uh, next off, we'll have Trav. Hello, everyone. My name is Travis. Um, my character's name is Little Moss. And, um, yeah, you can call me Little Moss. Even though I am seven foot tall and 250 pounds of orcish, well, half orcish muscle. Uh, I don't really have much to do. Um, I stand around a lot, usually out the front of bars, letting people in or out, stopping fights and such. I wear plain black, um, long sleeve to cover my braces, and yeah, that's about it. Cool. Uh, so in, uh, in the world, is Moss working as a mercenary yet um or is he is he sort of uh working as a mercenary but doing sort of lower level defense protection slash bouncer jobs is that why yeah he's, pretty um, much guarding yeah. pubs and bars okay cool good so he's he's sort of sticking on the small side of things yeah. at the moment sweet and next off we've got ben hi everyone um i'll be playing a human fighter called Cortain Manus. I am under just around 30 years old, has medium length brown brown hair, and he grew up in the slums of the city uh, called uh, Darkhaven, and so he works as a mercenary in that area, trying to bring some sort of order and justice to a very, very downtrodden place. So, um, Cortain would generally take jobs that are to, say, protect and serve, uh, in a sense, rather than, um, steal the said vehicle? Depends. He has a very clear code of what he will not do, like, if, if it's to go and hunt down or, or kill someone who is, who is in his eyes innocent, he will not do it, but if it is to go steal from one of the local gangs... You know, they probably got their stuff by illegal and cruel means, so he wouldn't have any qualms about robbing them. I'm not going to say it's a dark evening, actually. It, 
the night sky is dark, but with all the bright neon colours flashing and pulsing and flickering and lighting up the entire street in pinks and blues and oranges and yellows and greens. Moss, you are um, on your way to work. You're about to go to um, the bar. Um, you can tell me what that bar's name is. Rusty Knuckle. The Rusty Knuckle. And you see um, a, a a dwarf. He's out the front of his shop and he kicks uh, like a probably a teenager in a hood um f- across um across the pavement and a bunch of them go scampering away and the teenager yells out fuck you old man uh, and then he runs off into the night uh the dwarf sort of looks up you're across the other side of the road the kids head down an alleyway into darkness and you both make um Make eye contact. Old man, metal legs. Uh, are you? Are you are you talking to me? Yes, you. The old man with the metal legs. Uh, yeah. Are you okay? Oh yeah, just uh, these these bloody kids just running my store and trying to steal shit from us from inside. I have to keep my eye on them oh. all the time. You know, you know what I mean. Well, you know, if you ever need a hand with anything, you just uh, just call for little Moss. He'll come running. Suddenly, the teenagers arrive back. There are double the amount there. There are about eight with pipes, chains, and one of them you can see has a knife. They uh, they sort of stop as they see Moss standing there, and they look over at the old man, and the teenager that yelled out across the street before says, Yeah, I see you, old man, I'm back, and I brought all my pals with me. It's like, stand back, old man. I got this. Hey, you! I call out to the, uh, to the oldest leader, the alpha male of the group. Okay, so the, the, the one at the front that had been calling out to Spigs turns to you and says, Hey, this is none of your problem. You can just, like, you can just, like, piss off. It's like, I could, or I could piss on you. (laughs) Get him! (laughs) <laughs> and then the uh, the all the eight teens um, start flooding over to Moss. Um, besides the one leader, who then heads over towards uh, Spig slowly with his knife glistening in the neon light. I um I I back towards um towards the old man, and um as each teen like they're they're quite inexperienced, so they come at me one at a time. Um, as they lunge or um, like jump towards me, I just use the force of their body and like um, redirect them like away. So like I don't actually hurt any of them, but if you can imagine me kind of picking them up and using their force to like shift them to the sides. Yep. Yeah, cool. Like uh, yeah, sort of blocking their moves and using their momentum to like pretty much just let them fall yep. over and or yeah like run in another direction and all that sort of thing cool um so you do that and they keep coming at you and then a few of them get 
tired and they're just like, hey, screw this, I'm out of here. And they, they all just, they start to like run off one by one, except this main kid who's got his knife out and um, sort of a bigger burly one uh, who has a pipe. And he points to the, uh, the big half orc in front of him. He pushes back his hood and uh, this teenager is also of half orc and blood. And he says, "Hey, uh, you, you should, you should, you should fuck off. Uh, you don't even, you don't even talk like one of us. You, you're some sort of fancy, fancy orc of some sort. Get out of here." It's clear that English isn't your strongest subject. Wait, no, common. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. That's um, all good. it's just like. Um, it's like yeah, I know I, he comes at you with the pipe. It's like I know that I know that school's out, but you know it's never too never too late for a lesson. It's like you're gonna put that nail file away. Or you're gonna come at me. He grips his pipe harder, and you can see his muscles like flexing underneath his um his jumper, and he swings Ooh, at you. Easy block, just like. Yeah, he doesn't roll very well. Um, you block it pretty easily. Would you just catch I it? I just catch it in one hand and bend it while it's still in while it's still <laughs> nice. in his grip. Cool. You just roll a uh, strength check for me. Ten. Ten. All right. So you bend it a little bit, not like um, crazy intimida- intimidatingly bent. You sort of you do bend it, um, but it's pretty thick pipe. Yeah. So um, um, yeah, you're not used to having your hands on such a big thick yeah. pipe. You then tear it away from him and throw it on the ground. Um, as you look beyond him, you see the knife-wielding teen, the loudmouth one, lurch at Spigs. So Spigs pretty much notices the teen like coming towards him, and is only one of them. Um, he pulls out from behind his back as he was like chasing them out. Um, a big sort of hand cannon. Um, he flicks the switch, and it starts like powering up. He goes, "Oh, hey, uh, kid, you, you, you kids, leave my shop alone!" And he fires a shot, which is like basically um, a black sort of web shoots out of it. It's actually a metal like net with like ball bearings on the end, and like spins towards the kid, and like hitting him, and like wrapping around his body, and like making him fall to the ground, tying him up. Okay, so. He can't move out of the way quick enough. This net hits him, wraps around him. He sort of becomes incredibly stiff and he falls down to the ground. He's laying down on the ground. You can see he's with his knife, he's trying to cut through the net and, um, you know, swearing at you, calling you names until uh, he's getting tired and you see him drop the knife and he sort of just gives up and goes alright old man fine we, we, won't, we won't bother with your sh- stupid shop anymore anyway how, how about I just like leave you there all tied up and get the uh, patrol to pick you up no 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 you, you just you, you let me go the, hey man there's no there's no need for uh, for, uh, for you to call the call the cops on me Call the feds on if you if I want, but if you promise to leave my shop alone, I'll let you off this once. You and you and your friends, all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just, uh, just, just, just let me go. 
Alright, um, pretty much just speaks, uh, like, moves across really slowly. Like, starts going with his, on his legs, so he goes all the way up. And he, with one hand, lifts up part of the net, um, from behind and, like, making pretty much, like, a tent hole for him to, like, skirt all out of. Cool. The teen, um, scrambles out of the net, tears in his eyes, and then he runs off down the alleyway that he came from where some of his friends left. Huh. Robot chicken's got game. <laughs> what's what's this uh, robot well, chicken you speak of? You just half of you looks like a robot with chicken legs. What, what, what are you saying? My, my, my injury makes me look like a chicken? Um, I mean, in terms of physiological structure, yes. I'm not saying you're a coward, which is a common thing to associate with a chicken. Hey, you better not be. But uh, I did, I did appreciate the help anyway. Um, I did, did notice you, you got um, don't have any sort of like gauntlet, like uh, <laughs> some. Uh, <laughs> you don't have exactly the thing that I interviewed you during That's this role-playing like, You look like a man without braces. <laughs> you, you, see, you, see, you can see me a whole, whole uh, I'll wait till right, right. it, it seems you uh, right. you can hold yourself against some, some little kids but uh, what about if we uh, you know there was a whole bunch of you know fully grown other half orcs around here uh, I've got, I've got uh, I might have something that could uh, help you out hey well you know I mean um, it was my pleasure I don't, I don't mind anything for a you know a good fight but yeah, sure. That'd be great. All right. So Spigs enters his shop, you following behind him. And what does Moss see? Uh, so you enter the store. Um, there's a weird... Actually, I don't even think. Anyway. Um, basically, it's not like a door chime, but more like... It's just like a, like a bleep. Like it, it hits it like a trigger and the door bleeps as you enter. Um, there's a, like, a bench immediately ahead, there's a whole heap of, um, there's, like, a cabinet as well underneath with, there's, um, some, like, belts, uh, more pouches, some ammunition, uh, a couple of weird gadgets, so you're not sure what they are, um, and there's, like, a whole, there's, um, a female dwarf standing behind the counter, she's kind of... She's also holding out um, another gun and kind of always like pointing at you as you kind of entered and then notices you're not one of the kids, so um, it kind of lowers the weapon. Um, she's kind of a bit you know, broad-shouldered, uh, red hair, like all braided back, um, and she's got a quite, I guess, a nice smile for a, for a dwarf. Um, yeah, and then along the, basically the back, you can see in the back... Uh, just kind of opens out in this open area with a whole heap of shelving on the sides with a whole heap of random bigger sort of items on the shelf from like engine parts and like robot like semi half made robotic arms and legs and just random items all over there and even like larger items out the back with half built computers and like bikes hover bikes and stuff out the back um, half in disrepair half junk 
Um, and yeah, so Speed kind of like ducks behind the counter and like rushes out the back and starts fumbling through one of the piles. Uh, Speed starts walking back up the front. He's still, he's bringing out this uh, cylindrical bracer-like object um, with basically a sort of attached like a bulb, almost power cell on the side. Um, he keeps swapping it in and out and playing around um, with uh, half screwdriver, half plasma cutter, um, and then basically passes you, uh, almost knocking into you as he's still playing around with it. Oh, uh, here's what I was looking for. It's this, uh, it basically, it's, it's going to convert, if you put power into it, um, I, I saw the amount of energy you put through, you can kind of convert it, the extra energy, uh, and, and do like either some sort of element depending on what, what, uh, globe you put into it on the side. See, see this thing? And then, uh, yeah, whatever you, you, it, it will, it will exhaust it out of these ports at the front here. And like when you punch something, it's going to like, you know, if you want to, if I set it to lightning at the moment, so Wow. Yeah, yeah. So when you when you you power it up, you put yeah, 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 yeah. You punch something, and then uh, the lightning comes out the front when you're punching. Set it to lightning. You had me at punch something. Nice. That's gonna be shocking. Oh, you crack me up, you half orc. What what was your name? Well, they call me Little Moss, but you can call me Moss. I think I'll, I'll just call you Little Moss because otherwise it get confusing. Anyway, uh, thanks thanks again for the help. I got some serious fucking swagger going on. Just like, oh yeah, bitchin' braces. Cortane, you have been asked by uh, sort of an old friend to go to a particular... Um, particular building it's um it's a house of eroticism okay it's called <laughs> it's called the purple dragon uh yeah. you are to collect a, an old um an old friend um or a friend of a friend if you will from the paladin days He's a little yep. bit of a drunk. He tends to get himself into trouble. He's not really doing the work that he should be. And um, you got a call from somebody at the Purple Dragon saying, this guy is here again. Um, you guys need to get him out. You were close by and a friend gave you a call and said, hey, can you get, can you get, um, can you get Jacko? Can you get Jacko out of the Purple Dragon? Jacko, not again. Yeah, you you pull up um, out the front of the establishment, and um, you see Jacko, and yeah, he's just been thrown out by bouncers, and he's wailing on them big time. You see, uh, you see a half orc that has just been booted in the chest. A human and a half-elf holding Jacko by his arms. And Jacko's incredibly drunk. His shirt is torn. Um, there are spills all over it. He's yelling incoherently. 
He then throws one of them to the ground, and he's huge. Jacko's massive. Some people think he's half orc, but he's just um, he's just really muscly. And the guy's probably like 55 as well, so he's really built for an older guy. Um, so he throws the half elf to the ground, and then he he points at the um, at like uh, somebody up on the stairs of the purple dragon, yelling something incoherent. Um, the half orc which is um, Moss, stands up and says, Just because you've got whiskey dick, old man, it's no reason to take it out on me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like a windsock situation. (laughs) Mate, you can't get in the door if you know what I mean. All right. Cortain, what do you do? Um, As the... As the half elf gets up, slams a like a baton in um, Jacko's stomach. Jacko uh, thrashes out and pulls a pistol and points it at the um, at the half elf. Okay, so this is this is the outside of the establishment. Yeah, this is outside. Okay, I've parked the car on the other side of the road. This small alleyway, kind of um, single lane road. Get out, just walk over to him. Like, I just yell, uh, yell across like, Chaka, what are you doing? He like looks around and he's like, I'll, I'll fucking kill one of these bastards if they put a hand on me again. I look to the other guys and just look to the half-orc who made the humorous remark a few seconds ago and just say, just just go just go back inside. I'll, I'll deal with this. He's, he's an old friend. He just gets... He gets touchy when he's had a few in him. I'll sort this out. Jacko says, None of us are going inside. We're having a fight here. Okay, Jacko, give me your gun, and then I'll fight fight with you. Want to make sure this is all kosher. No guns, but I'll be with you. Cortain, this is my favorite gun. You're not having my favorite gun. Too bad it fires blanks, old man. Just just holster it, Jacko. He, uh, he points the gun at the half-orc and he says, Stop wisecracking me, man! Stop wisecracking me! As he has turned his attention to the half-orc, I've known Jacko for a long time. I know that he's he's got an injury in his left shoulder. So I grab his right arm, which he's... Like, so I just kind of slowly move behind him. He's quite drunk, so he doesn't realise. I grab his right arm, move it, up, so the gun is now facing the sky, grab his other arm, twist it behind his back, knowing that that position for his arm is going to cause excruciating pain. Caught in, you bastard! He fires one into the air. I then kick him in the back of the knee. He falls to the ground, dropping his gun, and um, just face first into the ground, and uh, a little bit of vom comes out, and uh, he's like, Cortain, get these buses for me. As he's um, as he's knocked out, I turn to the to to these bastards here. That as he refers to them, and say, "Look, I'm sorry for my friend here. If I just drag him in, leave him at the door, and I buy a round of drinks, can we call this all square?" Sure. Sweet, let's go. So you drag Jacko up, leave him <laughs> by the door. <laughs> like inside the door, so he's not just going to oh, get inside. rubbed or stabbed yeah, by okay, urchin. Cool. 
So he's near, he's he's laying uh he's he's in the cloakroom pretty much. You walk you have to inside. Take a ticket, otherwise you won't get him back. <laughs> <laughs> I might not want him back. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, you walk inside, you know, there's a bar set up and people dancing and shit like that. And uh, you sit down, no, not even, you uh, You stand at the bar as um, the bartender comes up and she asks, what are you having tonight, boys? I am, um, I'm a bit awkward, I don't really know where to look. <laughs> it's um, an orc. So I just sort of stare at the bar. Hey, don't you work here? You can't be drinking on your shift. Um, no, um, the other guy that I work with, whose name is Craig? Oh, Craig, that's right. He, um, he's covering for me. He said that I I can go home early because, uh, um, I have... Can you roll deception for me? Okay. Uh, 16. 16? Okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah. So what are you drinking? Uh, my friend's buying. It's up to him. What's going on, mister? Just bring two whiskeys, please. Whiskey it is. She turns around, grabbing a bottle. Uh, she puts, you know, some ice cubes in there. Pours it in. About a shot's worth. Maybe a little bit more. She slides the, um, the four drinks over to you because, you know, you said all four boys you pay her accordingly the human and the half elf they're like nod to you and say hey yeah thanks for helping us out uh that guy was a real mess yeah he's seen he's seen some troubled times so please don't hold it against him but i can understand that you wouldn't want to deal with a drunken 50 year old the uh, half elf then like wide-eyed looked at you guys and then he goes so who's the who's watching the front door and then the, the half-elf and the human, like, slam their drinks down and then scramble off to the front door to guard it. I say, um, you keep some pretty pretty interesting friends. Yeah, it was, it was an old, old friend from back in the days where I was, I was with the, the Order of the Aegis. What's that? It's one of the, um, one of the groups down in, the, in Darkhaven that try to keep the peace. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so like um, Neighborhood Watch. Kind yeah. of, but like super badass, like where uh, carry around like swords and shit. Man, that must have been exciting. What's the coolest fight you've ever had? Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> there was one time that we took down a, a drug ring. It was that new drug called Red. That drug that just caused you to lose all concept of reality. The one that turns people really violent we oh. we broke in um we broke down the wall the doors of a of a warehouse full of the stuff and just had a huge had a huge gun out with a huge shootout with just an entire gang of people half of them hopped up on this drug it was it was pretty scary so did they like they wouldn't experience fear or anything like that no half of them would just keep running even though you would pump shots into them. That's boss. The, uh, the, the bartender, she leans in and she says, Oh yeah, I heard about that. Well, my cousin, he was, uh, he was working down there. He said that there was like, there were like some sort of like crazy 
rage zombies or something. But, like, not zombies, because zombies, they're not real, but, you know. Yeah, thankfully we were able to take out the main supplies of Red Eye, so... That was a while, that was a long time ago. And you're telling me that worn out old drunk helped you? Uh, he led, he led the attack. Oh. But that was a long time ago. I haven't had much to do with them since then. So what, what happened to him? Uh, he's... In retaliation, he... His, his wife was, was killed. Oh. oh. I'm sorry to hear that, mister. No, that's okay. <laughs> it's like, it's okay, I killed her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, that was a long time ago, I haven't had much to do with them. I run more of a small, small-time kind of mercenary operation now. Well, you sound like a good man, looking after your friends. If you ever need a hand with anything, I'm your man. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. I mean, you look like you can hold yourself in a fight. Yeah, I go and I'll, I go hide in a corner and hold myself. <laughs> well, look at all this bromance that's going on here, the bartender says as she, uh... She asks you, do you guys want another drink? I say, no, I probably shouldn't. I should go take Jacko back to his house. All right, big guy. And, uh, uh Moss, um, I'll see you another night. And she uh, turns and she starts serving some other people that were waiting for some drinks while she was listening to you guys. <laughs> I blush and, and, and follow. Wait, what's your name, mister? Oh, Cortain. And what should I call you? Uh, they call me Little Moss. You can just call me Moss. <laughs> Okay, then, Little Moss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. We'll leave that roleplay just there. That's perfect. Alright, Gage, let's go through your scene. You had a taxi following a ground car through the streets of Darkhaven. The car in uh, the target car or the or the um the subject car pulled over next to a small sort of shopping mall they sit there for a little while you hang back in the taxi and then the car waits for um the roller door of a garage a few buildings up open the car then moves and pulls up onto the driveway where the roller door is four men get out and head inside the garage now you've been sent to wait for a call that one of these men are going to make Um, they're going to be calling a weapons dealer to say that they're about to secure the building you're supposed to intercept that call and trace it to where the the weapons dealer is. There is a, a mercenary group that are going to hammer down on this weapons dealer, and you're pretty much the guy that sends them the location. As you exit the taxi, cross the road, um, you know, past all the traffic, and head into a small alleyway next to the garage. You hear the guys continue up a set of stairs. You go inside the garage. You are hiding behind a box, and we'll start there. Yeah. So Gage is like looking around, trying to find like the best place to get like a direct access link, like so that he can, because a lot of a lot of protection works at like like secure like online protection. There's a lot of protection from outside, but the best thing to do is try and get like a direct network access. Um, to the system as a whole and then he can he can leave so he kind of like he looks around are there any kind of like 
telecommunication systems or anything that these guys are using to try and have access to on the ground floor. Is he inside already? So that was yeah, yeah. You're you're inside the garage. Yeah. Um, there is there's a car sort of um on a sitting up on a jack. The front um the front wheels are off, and the bonnets are up. There is like a a wall panel um, which has pretty much a telephone built into it, um, touchscreen sort of device, and then diagnostic tools for um, for cars and such. All right, um, um, that's that's on a separate desk, sort of near the um, the car, not near the the uh, sorry, not near the device on the wall. Oh, sorry. Okay, so there's two devices. One one on the wall for, like, the main, like, network or router or something like that, and then another one near the car. Yeah, so the one near the car is a diagnostic tool, and the one on the wall is pretty much like the intercom. Okay. Um, well, he's going to um, make his... Well, um, Gage is going to make his way over to the wall to, like, the, the net... Trying to, trying to get main access to the network. Um, and he kind of, like... Do you want to... Sorry, do you want to roll stealth for yeah. me? Yeah. Cool. Nine. Nine? Yep. Yeah, cool. So you you make your way over towards the wall. Um, you don't see this little um, toolbox that's resting on a sort of workbench. You, you nudge it and a spanner falls. But just before it does, your robotic hand sort of like not not flicks it but just pokes it so that it's about to fall your robotic hand pokes it um sort of like an automatic reflex and um it doesn't fall onto the ground okay he um makes his well he makes his way over the box then uh and now that he's there i'm going to use um uh remote access so it takes about it's it's a um it takes about it's a ritual i think um, it takes about 10 minutes. Um, so, um, basically, he's going to use that to try and, like, um, gain access to it. Um, to try and, like, get into the network. Like, brute force his way in um, through that. So, it's not... Um, yeah, so it takes about 10 minutes to try and access. And then, like, once he's he's going to try and gain access so he can, like, connect it up with his main system that he can see in his vision... Um, so he's got, oh, he's got robotic eyes, by the way. I should have mentioned that before as well. So he's got, like, standard issue um, robotic eyes and can access, like, a computer um, graphical user interface from there. So um, he's working on that. And, yeah. So what does the spell entail? So, well, I actually didn't need direct access to it, but the remote access, which is techno magic spell, you can use any electrical device within range as if it was in your hands. This is not a telekinesis effect. Rather, this spell allows you to simulate a device's mechanical functions electronically. You're able to access... Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So... that's Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, you access it, you're, um, at, you know, the user interface of the wall device is now in your, um, in your augmented reality layer. Yep. And, um... You want to roll like uh, Arcana or something to hack it? Yep. Cool. Or, or are you just going to use it and like try and intercom up to wherever these guys might be? Like, what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah I want to actually. I want to use it to use the inter- access the intercom to try and overheal it the same. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, you don't even need to have to. You don't need to roll for that. You just turn on the camera in the second level. You see that um, 
nobody's there, but you do see a pair of uh, legs, um, you know, wearing black sort of suit pants, head upstairs to the next level. So then you go and you, you um, transfer the video feed to um, from the third level to your um, augmented reality layer, and you see the four guys. Um, one is on the stairs with a sort of submachine gun and there's another guy coming up with a submachine gun there are other two one sits down in a sort of old armchair with like rips and sort of tufts of fluff poking out of it he lifts his arm up he's sort of flicking like with his hand flicking through what might be a user interface in his augmented reality layer you can't really see it yeah you may be able to adjust this camera to be able to read some of it otherwise what you're mainly looking for is the call the signal that one of these guys will make outgoing to the weapons dealer the fourth guy walks over to the window looks around he's got a, uh, a rifle and he's just sort of scoping out the place all right, so he looks over towards you, which means he looks over towards the intercom and he like turns his head one way and then he sort of looks closer and starts walking towards it. He comes straight up to the uh, intercom and he sort of taps taps on the screen yeah yeah so starts to move to because he's got remote access he doesn't need to directly stand there anymore so he can he he accesses it and see sees what he can see and tries to find a good spot to try and move before the guy gets to him behind like a tool yeah tool cupboard like you know those really tall the, tool behind the um, desk? cupboard yeah. sort of case things yep you move behind one of those yep as you see the guy tap on the screen he turns the intercom on and um, he flicks between the different channels, you know, first floor, where you are. He's looking through the camera. Second floor, nothing. Third floor, fourth. He uh, sort of shrugs in a way and turns the intercom off. It's blank. You can turn it back on again if you want. But at the moment, it's turned off in the uh, third level. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, like, like hack into it some more so that if it gets turned like and just get the feed kind of like um looping on itself so um so that when if he turns it back on it will just show what's already there does he need i don't know if i need to make my way up the stairs to try and get any closer to the situation like there's four dudes with guns i can already see them and hear them so basically only the fourth floor will have active cameras running everything else will be on a loop uh so you turn it back on mm -hmm. You set the loop? Yep. Do you want me to roll Arcana for that? Yeah, I would say roll Arcana for that one. Cool. Oh, critted. First nice. roll, or second roll of the game, already critted, so 26. It's perfect. Cool. So, he goes back over to the intercom, seeing that a little light has turned on again, and he taps, and he's like, why does this keep turning on? these stupid things and he keeps tapping and tapping and he um he can't turn it off he, for some reason he's like it must be busted he goes back to the window and um 
the guy who was sort of, you know, um, controlling his AR that you couldn't see, he says to the other guys, I'll be making the call pretty soon, so get into your positions. Probably about three minutes later, he uh, taps on his AR, he pushes on his, just below his temple, and you see sort of a light ring around his, a little circular part next to his um, sort of temple near his cheekbone. You notice that there's a call being made three levels above you that's outgoing. Oh, okay, so I haven't intercepted that at all, right? So I can't actually pick up on what it is. He's just making the call right now, so you can try and, um, you can try and hack that. Okay, so he's already, so he's accessing the same network. So I'm going to try and, like, um, just get the router to, like, reroute through myself so that um, the message is coming through me and then going out through the network. Okay, cool. From there? Cool. Uh, Arcana again? Yeah. 18. Okay. So the router um, sort of pings off you in a way. Um, The message is going through you before it gets uh, out. Yep. He makes the call. He says, Yeah, third level. You get here in 15 minutes, we'll do the deal, you end up with a bunch of money, I end up with the guns that I need, and uh, everyone will be happy. And you hear the other side, the guy comes back with, you know, um, 20,000 credits, untraceable, I'll see you soon. You get um, the call, you can can save that if you wish, you can... um, Grab the location of where the, f- the the call went, and you can send it out. Yep. Yeah, I do that. So, like, encrypt it um, and send it through the normal channel to like to send it to my contractor. Now, did I need to actually try and intervene in this thing, or did I just need to get out? You just need to get out. Yeah. So I'm gonna try and um stealth my way out of there. Whoa. Okay. Just as you go to stealth your way out, I rolled two 18s because this this thing has advantage oh no you go you turn around and in front of you you see a drone and just as you turn out and look like look out past this toolbox um this drone flies in through the front it may have been flying around outside uh you know like maybe on the fourth level or or um above the building and just as you look out it looks at you and um, you hear the network because it's running through you and an alarm sounds uh, in the network you then see in all your cameras those guys turn towards the stairs pointing their weapons charging down and the through the the roller door two other drones come down these ones are fire drones so they're like um, they have two sort of pistol round um, guns on them the first one is like to scan locate and the other two drones are usually to fire and destroy a target they start firing at you so they all running are they all running through the network so they look like they're controlled by it uh no they're from they're they're not in the same network they have a link to the guy upstairs who made the call but um it's not on the same network now, Cortain, um, 
let's just say that you are cruising past in your Jeep uh, down the street and you see these uh, these two sort of drones fly up from the top of the building down and they're strafing through the air whilst firing into the building. Okay. What time of day is it? Nighttime. Nighttime. <coughs> okay, so seeing that these attack drones have been released, I pull the car up onto the curb slightly, like hitting, hitting a puddle as the... the as then the the wheel then pops up onto onto the side of the of the street. Yep. Quickly push my door open, get out, taking my shotgun revolver out of the back. Yep. And then grabbing a um my scabbard and putting it onto 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 my belt. Nice. So then I grab my shotgun and slowly move, make my way around to the front of the car, using it as cover, seeing that there is some sort of altercation happening. Um, in here in, in Darkhaven, I mean, brawls and gang fights are uh, one thing, but to see attack drones is a fairly, is a, is a fair commodity among the, yeah. among the gangs. Definitely, and another thing is, there is a car that's parked. Um, these drones are flying above it, strafing back and forward, firing into this garage. And this this ground car is definitely on the high end of ground cars. Uh, it's not a sports car. Um, this car is generally used by um, high-level organized crime, uh, crime syndicate members, um, you know, um, organizations, company, uh, high-level company people. Um, generally, the people who, either the rich or the people who are causing the trouble on the streets. Yeah. So, I slowly make my way, move to a, to behind a fire hydrant. Thankfully, because I have s several enemies and know that Darkhaven is not a safe place, even when I'm driving in my Jeep, I will be wearing my most of, of my armor. So I see the two drones moving down. Do I see anyone? Do I see who they're shooting at? Um, you don't have dark vision or anything like that, do you? No, no, I don't. Okay, so the outside street's fairly lit with neon signs and that sort of thing. There are obviously dark spots, um, like this sign above the garage and the few buildings afterwards. They're not lit, so they're um, they're completely dark. The drones have lights on them, but they, um, they must be, they're not, they're not like, they have dark vision in a sense. So they're firing into the, um, the garage from where you are looking in. You can't really see who they're firing at. You see flashes of a person who's taking cover behind a tool chest, uh, but that's it. Okay. I then, so the drones, are they, what level are they hovering at the moment? Uh, they're probably about yeah about six 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 and a half foot off the uh, uh, off the ground. Okay. So ground ground yep. floor. Yeah, ground floor. Yeah. So I will move forward with the shotgun. These drones are hugely um, dang like illegal, like dangerous. Like I can fairly much, I can tell from the car and these drones that this is 
this is obviously some sort of criminal enterprise. Oh yeah, these these drones, um, they're they're not to be used in the streets unless it's by a um, a private security force. But generally, generally it has to be on private property. So you would see these drones protecting um, a corporation building and that sort of thing. Um, these ones aren't in as good nick. Like they don't look as high gloss um, with logos on it and that sort of stuff. They're they're sort of painted a matte black. I will move move to the side of the street next to one of the buildings. I will use it with my right arm. I will activate my shield. So yep. envisioning running up the length of my forearm a a thick um, casing that kind of rotates circularly into and forms a small interlock shield. Yeah, cool. Uh, that I then also have a small brace on the inside for so grab that hold it hold it up grab the shotgun and seeing the the drones firing into the building at this person that's hiding behind the toolbox i then fire the shotgun into the side of one of the drones all right cool uh, just roll a hit that is a 13 Cool, you um, you will definitely hit it. So you hit this drone, blasting it to pieces. You sort of hit it where one of the um, sort of circular rotary wing, uh, wings were. It like spins, crashing into the ground, exploding, sending little bits of flame and debris across the garage floor. Uh, Gage, you see one of the drones be taken out by somebody from outside. The other drone turns to converge on um, Cortain with the inside drone, which is sort of lighting Cortain up. So the drone that you first saw inside the garage, it's sending out, um, and you can see it, you, it's sending out an outline of Cortain and yourself in AR so that anybody who has that AR layer or that frequency can see your outline. You you guys hear the shouts of men that are running down from the floors above so can i um okay so gage like grabs his grabs his sidearm and and just um seeing that the there was there were two drones and now there's one right i uh, no, there are three there were two assault drones and then there was a single like um scout drone and the scout drone is the one that's Putting out the AR. Yes, and one of the assault okay. drones is dead. Okay, so seeing like choose, choosing his target quickly, and while they're while they're analyzing, th there's two targets. Um, I'm gonna pop out of Gage is gonna pop out of cover and try and pick pick one off with his pistol. Which one are you gonna hit? The scout. Sweet. Uh, only a seven. Seven. All right. So um, just as you point your gun in your um, peripheral your um, your AR sort of flicks up a quick caution um, over to the left and you see one of the one of the uh, men come down the stairs flicking out his submachine gun in your direction and he fires you dodge um, but your shot goes stray do you, do you want to roll again like as you dodge you um, you know you spin around behind a pillar you can take another shot Yep. Does that um? Did that hit me at all? Does it? Didn't hit you. You dodged it. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's get shoot again. 
yeah. you can change targets if you want otherwise okay. you can go for the same one no i was gonna change i was gonna do a spell but i think i don't think that's right i'll, I'll shoot again cool um Um, 20. Oh, get a crit. Nice. So this drone spins around to lock on and shine a, actually, actually, actually shine a light on you because, uh, you know, the inside of the garage is pretty dark. And just as it turns, you line up straight with his sight and you fire one single bullet. Um, it pierces the drone's um, sort of its um, iris and into its core it drops to the ground sitting there you see the lights on it go out and then it explodes just um just as you as you're watching it fall from the ground you quickly turn and you um you sort of roll across the ground firing and you uh fire one single bullet and it's it uh, lands right between the um the eyebrows of the man who was shooting the submachine gun at you oh, as nice. you roll up you hide behind that um that sort of work desk that you almost knocked the spanner off as two other um sorry three other men come down the stairs with one with a rifle the other with a submachine gun and the third one with a pistol and they all hide um sort of behind some walls and barrels and stuff Cortain, there is one more uh, attack drone and you see three men come down the stairs as the guy who was being fired upon in the garage destroys one drone, blasts another guy in the face. What do you do? So the gun drone now without a targeting drone. Do I have any knowledge about how that's going to... Is it going to be able to target me now, effectively? Or is it more or less um, it's pacified? Gonna have, it's going to have difficulty finding new targets. Okay, new targets, but not existing targets. Okay, Correct. Uh, then I will move up, fire the shotgun into the drone again, and then yeah. turn, if that is successful, turn to this this man who was being shot at and yelled him to to get out all right go ahead i got a crit that cool that 20 nice. so you um yeah you fire the shotgun destroying this drone it's um as it's firing because it, it actually fires at you as you sort of um sort of blast it uh blast its friend out of the air it um it's when it's spinning out of control some bullets go astray and you see them land into one of the men who was hiding behind some barrels he falls onto the ground his rifle skittering across the ground <clears throat> and you call out to the man in the garage saying i yell out to him and say get to the car as i then leg it to my jeep get to the chopper yes nice cool so uh gauge you so gauge is gauge can he do can i do things yeah go ahead okay he's gonna just book it and just run um knowing that like and as he does so like um he's like something comes out of his shoulders a little bit like 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 kind of like like little bits of metal 
and um, you can't really see what they are, but if um, he's it's it's reaction ability, so he's just gonna um, he's gonna dash out, but as a reaction, he's got a shield if if he gets hit. Oh yeah. So so yeah. So I don't know if it's get attack of opportunity. I'll let you. But he he he's, he he decides that it's safest to just run as fast as possible to get out of there. He's way outgunned. Cool. Um, the guy with the pistol, the guy who made the call, he fires but completely misses you. The guy with the submachine gun fires, um, it'll hit you, uh, but it hits your shield. Yeah, so as the bullet like comes, um, there's like a high velocity um, sensor that, that runs on the back, on his back, and then just before the bullet is about to hit, um, this like blue power like shines, shines from the back from his back and um, repels the bullet away. Oh, actually, sorry. It gives me an AC bonus, so I don't know if it will actually repel the bullet. Uh, maybe it's so, like, you know, in um, in like sci-fi movies when there's like a a, um, a shield and it looks like a like a, like a hex grid. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that sort of thing. Like, yeah, so it boosts my AC to 17. Yeah, cool. So, so it's like a hex grid just <laughs> comes up. Yeah. We can add in that later. Yeah, we can add that in if we, if we do some Foley work. Yeah. So these bullets, like three, three or four bullets, slam into the hex grid, um, and they just like sort of flick off in all other directions away from you. You uh, make it to the car. Cortain is um, sort of got his door open, I'm guessing, and like you know, weapons out, covering you. As you get to the car, you jump in the passenger seat, um, and then uh, Cortain, you just get in and speed away or what yeah wait 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 as, as he's running towards the car like um gauge gauge what car <laughs> am, am i behind like the bonnet of my car with the door open? yeah yeah oh okay sorry. yeah, yeah right. he is then yeah. he doesn't oh sorry i thought you're outside <laughs> you just go into cool. the the the, the, limp, the ferrari car <laughs> <laughs> no no he okay he's so he jumps into the um the jeep okay i then yeah. Throw the shotgun in the back, get into the car, slam the door, the engine roars as I then speed off down the street. One hand on the wheel, I grab out my revolver, rest it on my arm, pointing it at the newcomer into my car. And while I'm eyes on the road, just yell like, Why were you in that building? As I now have a revolver trained on his face. Hey guys, thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. In our next episode, we'll be starting the campaign. So it will be thick with skill checks, battle, and of course, roleplay. Our characters will begin at level 1, and hopefully I don't get a TPK in the first session. But if I do, I will figure something out, I guess. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com btdpod. This is where we'll be posting any news or new videos or any news. We also like to take some photos of RPG and Dungeons and Dragons related things. So go have a look at our Instagram at Beyond the Dice. Head on over to our website www.beyondthedice.com. Well, wasn't that fun? I'm Crux, the interdimensional demon bird. And I'll be seeing you soon, Traveller.